you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy helmet hello listeners it is so great to be back with you again and it is october october is a month that is very exciting i love halloween i love all things pumpkin spice, but it is getting cold over here. We had a summer that extended into September and I was very lucky, but now that it's under 65, I'm totally grumpy. Is anybody with me? Like, I feel like I should just pull out the parka and surrender right now. Uh, it's kind of depressing. I love walking to the office with my dog. There's like this nature trail from the back of our house that goes right to Main Street. I love being at baseball games and not shivering. My kids play baseball, softball, soccer, and I want to be there with enthusiasm. And instead, I'm there with like scarves and coats and hot coffee. And it's just not the same. Moving on, moving to interior design questions. Sometimes when I answer a question or when I talk about a topic on the podcast, Later, I think to myself, you know, I want to change that answer. You know, I might have said something a little bit different, or maybe there was something I wanted to add. Well, after my episode with Justin Breen, literally the day after we recorded it, that night I went to bed and I had a horrible dream. I had a horrible dream because I had more to say on that topic and there was something else I wanted to add that I've wanted to add for a while now. So this first part that I'm going to talk about today is not answering a question. It's basically going to be sharing something with you so that I have peace of mind and can sleep without bad dreams, without worrying about this issue anymore. So you hear me talk a lot about following your dreams, about you know, if there's something inside you that you want to become, if there's a calling that you have there's no better time than now, right? You hear me say that. You hear me say, make some dreams come true. Dig deep, find the time, find your passion. You heard me talking with Justin about manifesting those dreams and figuring out what your purpose is, what your why is, and then making it come true. 
But every time I talk about making dreams come true, something is in the back of my mind that I don't share because it's just like, we can't go on and on and on. Uh, Let's keep it moving. But it's come to my attention because my subconscious brought it to my attention that I need to talk about it. So you also heard me talk about on that episode, the fact that my mom worked at a job for 40 plus years that I think she did enjoy, but there was a lot of difficulty around it right? She worked really long hours. I slept under her desk. She really gave all of her time and energy to this job outside of raising me that didn't always give her as much back. Certainly, she got a salary. She was paid handsomely. She got benefits. But um, she wasn't always appreciated in my eyes. Uh, She wasn't always valued for what she gave to the organization. And so it's easy for me to say about people like her and looking forward that, you know, maybe she had a deeper passion. Maybe there was something that she always wanted to do. But I want to make it really clear that I understand the opportunities that were handed to me due to a number of factors due to my generation, due to my skin color, due to my gender identification, I stand on the shoulders of the women before me. And I know that even now in this era, when we're able to manifest our dreams and we have so many opportunities to do exactly what we want to do, that there are people who don't have as many opportunities as I do. There are people listening in different parts of the world that may not have access to the things that I have access to. And so I recognize that my mother, growing up and coming into her own in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, was in a different generation where there was indeed a ceiling and there were rules that she had to play by. And I got to spring off of her shoulders. I got to pursue what I wanted to do because she worked so hard. And she raised me as a single mother and spent all that time, energy, and money that she had left to encourage me to pursue my dreams and give me every opportunity to do so. And then looking back a generation before that, my grandmother was a child of immigrants from France. She was the first in her family to go to high school. And she, you know, was a farmer's wife. I guess he was a carpenter, but she farmed and he was a carpenter and, you know, she killed chickens and raised many, many children and she didn't have opportunities. What were her dreams? What was she hoping for? They were much more limited. So every time I say, follow your dreams, I say this coming from a place of privilege And if you're also coming from a place of privilege, if you can also look back at the generations and say, you know what, I can do better because they did that. And so that's how I feel. I can do better because they did that. And so I should do better. So I shouldn't hold myself back. If I don't need to be held back, if societal constraints, financial constraints, other constraints from society in general aren't holding me back, I shouldn't be holding myself back. But if constraints are holding you back, I want you to know that I see you and that you just need to live your best life. 
Sometimes that means living your best life exactly where you are right now. And that can definitely be good enough. So I don't know if any of this was clear, but I just want you to know that I know that this is impossible for everyone. And I'm not saying that those past generations didn't do it right. I'm saying that those past generations didn't have opportunities that are currently on my doorstep. And look at your doorstep. Are there opportunities waiting for you? Seize them because your ancestors, even if they're not your ancestors, I think the generations of the past, whether they're related to you or not, would all be rooting for you. And I can tell you for sure, I'm rooting for you. So there we go. I think I'll be able to sleep better at night now. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right. So this letter was from episode 296. And it was from Brandy. And Brandy writes, Betsy, I was wondering what sort of lighting you typically do in open concept rooms with eight foot ceilings. Our dining room is at the center of our living space and is the only statement lighting that will hang from the ceiling in the room. Is it okay for a pendant or chandelier to hang above the dining table, even though it will come to about six feet tall, my husband's chin? Or would something like a flush or a semi-flush mount be more appropriate? Attached is the picture with the main living space from the kitchen. The dining room will be centered in the room in front of the bay window. So guys, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you won't want to miss these photos. You'll head over to our YouTube channel, which you can find at affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. You can also see the pictures in our show notes. Again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. So you can see everything that I'm talking about. But I told her, what I still feel to this day is that from the top of the table to the bottom of the light fixture, if the light fixture is over the table, it's 29 to 34 inches. That's the rule of thumb that I follow, and it makes everything look really nice because nobody's walking under that chandelier or pendant because it's over the table. But if you have eight-foot ceilings, I told her that I typically do a flush mount. I typically don't do anything that has a drop. If it's not above a piece of furniture like the dining table, unless it's nine feet ceilings or higher. But as soon as I finished recording that episode, I said, Betsy, you know, you do do semi-flushes in ceilings that have eight feet ceilings or less. And eight foot ceiling is regulation. So very, 
Rarely does it have less. And if it had less than eight feet, well, I would do a flush mount. I don't want to have to create another situation in which I have to redo this answer. But for ceilings that are eight feet tall, I would definitely do a semi-flush mount. And a semi-flush mount means that it's not flush to the ceiling. It has a small drop. Usually that drop is under 18 inches. So you want to think about how tall normal people are. And normal people are under seven feet tall. So you do have about 12 inches of wiggle room there. So I would do a semi-flush that's 12 to 14 inches uh, in height. I think that would look really beautiful. And I regularly do it in places that have eight-foot ceilings, especially places like an entry or foyer. All right. I feel so much better about that. Let's move to the next question that I wanted to slightly revise. Let's see. Let me find it here. Here we go. This question that I wanted to slightly revise comes from episode 295, in which Lydia had big problems with an interior designer that she'd hired. She'd hired her interior designer to do architectural drawings of her space. They needed to be very accurate to the inch because she was going to be using these, I feel, to build an extension, if I'm not wrong about that, or to do some major construction. So they had to be on point. Well, she wrote me that even after multiple revisions, even after dialoguing with the designer, the plans that were sent were still inaccurate. So I gave her some strategies for dealing with this because, you know, as an interior design firm, as any small business, as any business, we have people who are pleased as punch with our services. And then we have people who are less pleased. And certainly in Lydia's case, this designer is just wrong. If the measurements are inaccurate, there's no subjectivity. However, in interior design, oftentimes there is subjectivity. You know, I don't like blue and I forgot to share that with you. Or I really hate paisley patterns. Again, it just didn't occur to me to share that with you, but I can't use those drapes. I don't want that bedding, whatever, right? And so we do our best to take that feedback. And I shared in Lydia's answer the way that we like to receive feedback. But what if it is more subjective, right? What if it's not mathematically incorrect, but more like that Paisley example I just gave you? Well, I wanted to share a quick little example of a time when I let go of artistic control and felt very uncomfortable about it and what that outcome was. So for my husband's birthday six years ago, I commissioned a painting. There's this painter on Etsy who turns portraits or photographs of people into like fairy tales. And I thought it would be so exciting to gift my husband a painting of all of us as like fairy tale characters in Coney Island because we were moving from Brooklyn to Westchester and Coney Island was one of our favorite spots where we had so many magical memories. So I really wanted to commemorate that and I thought it'd just be a really fun fusion and a great piece of art for our new home. So I found this amazing artist in the Ukraine. I got very excited. I sent her tons of pictures. And then after a couple of weeks, she sent me a sketch of what the painting was going to look like. Now, based on her previous work, you know, I'd scrolled through all the previous paintings. I felt sure I knew what it was going to look like. I felt sure it was going to exceed my expectations. And when I got the sketch, 
I was disappointed. Like, I thought everybody would be really cute and caricature-like. And instead, she put my husband front and center with, like, huge pants, so much so that the rest of us were kind of just, like, hovering around him. Um, Coney Island was really fun, but in the sketch, I couldn't see any vibrancy or color. It was really just a pencil sketch. But I thought that the composition was off because basically – his pants were the star of the show. And it was disappointing. As I was thinking about giving feedback, because that's why she had sent the sketch, so that I would give feedback. And as I was trying to figure out how to word what I was trying to say, or how to reference the pieces that I'd seen before that I'd hoped that she was going to replicate for us, I realized, you know, I've hired this artist. And I have a preconceived notion of what I thought this painting was going to be like. But what if I let her just finish out her vision? I put my faith in her because I loved her previous work. What if I just totally go with it? What if I don't change a thing? What if instead I really inspire her and say, I can't wait to see what you'll do. I've loved all your work. Keep going. This totally has my seal of approval. So as a former visual artist myself who made paintings for people's apartments, I decided to go that route and just see what would happen, see if she'd wow me. And that picture of my husband with the big, big pants is my husband's favorite thing in our whole house, besides, of course, our family members and pets, uh, to this very day. And every day I walk by that painting because it's right there in our entryway and I just love it. And I don't see errors. I don't see flaws. I don't wish it looked any different. Now that painting is truly a member of our family and one of the most special members, um, one of the most special memories, excuse me, that I have of those initial days together in our new home. So sometimes you should just let the artist do their thing. Again, this is if there's a subjective kind of reason why you're feeling uncomfortable. If it's an objective reason, like the math is not working out, follow that course of action. Don't let that slip by. But also, there's a client of mine who lives down the street from me. Uh, We live on a really long, winding street. And so it's not somebody I actually knew that well. I'd met her at a block party. And then her husband bought a design package from me for her living room. And every day, because I take this long road to my son's school, to the grocery store, even to my office when I don't walk, I can see fully into her house and it's beautiful. It's old and historic like mine. It's stucco like mine. There's so many similarities and yet it has so many quirks. And because the windows are ginormous, like two and a half stories high, I can see everything. So I was like a kid in a candy shop with this place because little did she know I've been looking in it every day and every night for six years. Well, I created this plan based on sort of what she currently had, the colors that were going on, the inspiration pictures she showed me. And then I checked in with her a few months later because with most of our clients, we don't actually see what happens with the package. You know, we tell them what to do and buy. We give them all the links. We give them the mood boards, the measurements, but it's up to them to actually execute. And so when I followed up a few months later, 
she told me that actually she'd gone in quite a different direction. And she decided to do some of this, but not all of this, and some of this, and not all of this. And that happens all the time. And that is my client's prerogative, right? But sometimes you just wish they'd fully take your vision and go with it. Like, just, just do everything I said and see how you feel about it. Because sometimes when you Frankenstein it, when you cut out a couple pieces here and bring in a couple new pieces there, you lose that cohesive vision. So even if you didn't love each individual item, you will love the whole, the totality that I can see. And you hired me as an artist to give you that. So picking and choosing and kind of picking it apart can dilute that artistic vision. And sure, you should do that if you're totally not down with those pieces. But if it's just feeling a little uncomfortable, if it's just outside of your comfort zone or outside of what you expected, like that piece of art that I commissioned, sometimes just let it go. Just surrender to the artist that you hired and trust that their vision is going to be even better than what you could imagine for yourself, even if it feels uncomfortable. As long as it's within the budget and visually and practically makes sense, just do it and look at what beauty you can create. Just follow the artist and rather than rather than challenging them or their vision, just let them run wild. So that's just something that I kind of wish I would have added to the conversation about Lydia's note, because while it doesn't fully apply to her situation, I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Um, I hired a landscape architect to pick out all the plants in my yard. And when I went to the plant store to pick them out, because she basically just sent me the drawing, sent me the list of plants to buy, again, very similar to our services, but with trees and bushes. So when I went to the nursery, they didn't have a lot of those plants. So I asked the guys that worked there to create some substitutions for me, and I would just buy those and put those in place. And the vision didn't turn out as well as sort of her vision that she'd imagined. And I kind of wish I would have stuck to my guns or visited another nursery or waited for those plants to come in or even circled back and commissioned that landscape artist to find me some new options. So I think there's a number of lessons to be learned here, and hopefully you can find a takeaway that resonates with you and applies to some situations that are going on in your life. Have you guys ever written me a question that you would want me to revisit? Is there an answer I gave you that just wasn't a fit or you wound up going in a different direction? I'd love to hear about it because... You know, if I were revisiting old episodes of this podcast regularly, I'm sure I would have new ideas and concepts to share. So challenge me. Send in your questions to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. You can submit them right there on a form. They'll come right to me and I'll answer them on an upcoming episode. Guys, it's been wonderful talking with you again. Keep in touch and until next time, bye. asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, 
you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.